continue to give that to the Lord. Come on, to God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things, for the things that He has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I want to be ever so careful not to take any credit, any glory. Amen. I'll, I want to wait on mine when it, that day comes. Amen. I don't know of a man capable of giving the kind of honor that the Lord Jesus Christ can and will give us. It's going to be a great day on that day. Amen. Thank you for the prayer. It is coveted. It is uh, much appreciated. And uh, I'm just living under the motto that the Lord knows exactly what he's doing. And he's going to get glory no matter what. Job said it best. He said, I came in broken naked. I'll leave broken naked. But in the time between, I determined that. I didn't determine when I showed up, and I can't determine when I leave. But I can determine what happens between those dates. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You feel that tonight? Blessed be the name of the Lord. In spite of it all, regardless of it all, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a tremendous congregation. I love being part of experiencing an apostolic church. I feel that we are becoming more Pentecostal than we are apostolic, and it's refreshing to be among apostolic people. Amen. And I honor uh, the right family, Bishop, these great men of God that stand with him, stand beside him. I honor them in Jesus' name. Every man on this platform, every team member of this congregation, all of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I uh, want to do my part quickly and get out of the way. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read tonight from the book of Judges, chapter number 6. And I'll, I'll try not to um, weary you tonight. Uh, I, I, want to, I want to swing as hard as I can. I'm going for a knockout punch. I hope that's all right of the analogy. Um, I hate the devil. That's what they taught me in Sunday school class. I'm sorry. We're supposed to hate him. I, I hate everything about him. I, I don't coexist with him. I don't want to learn to coexist with him. I hate him. I hate anything that's closely related to him. I hate anything he touches. I, I just hate the devil. I, we used to sing the old song, if I could catch the devil, I'd throw him in a box, lock the box and throw away the key for all the tricks he's He's a sly old fox. Amen. But the king of kings has never been defeated by him. He's tried everything he can in heaven, in the earth, and in the bowels of the earth, and he's lost every time. Amen. I said it, I said it here already, but I was listening to somebody the other day, and they were saying about how that they had read the back of the book. I'm so thankful that they win. And, and I got to thinking, well... It's not just in the back of the book. It's in the beginning of the book, too. He said, I'll put enmity between you and him, but ultimately you're going to crush his head. Come on, don't wait for the battle to be over to shout. Shout now. Whew. 
The devil's fixing to have a, I'm just, I, devil, you're not my friend, but I feel like I need to read to you the small print. If you'll leave now, it'll hurt less. I, war, I warned him. Judges chapter 6. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them under the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because the Midianites and the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And it was so when Gideon, or when Israel had sown, that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, they came up against them. I'll preach the rest of that story. Verse number 11, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak which is at Oprah, and pertained unto Joash the Abzerite, his son Gideon. Would you shout Gideon? It was Gideon that threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Now, you got to get the setting. It's a bad day. It's a bad week. And Gideon is hiding, trying to survive. And an angel shows up and says, you one bad dude. I, I, that's how we talk in Missouri. You, you one bad dude. You just bad to the bone. You reek with badness. You are the bomb. Help me, young people. The sling of today. You the bomb diggity. You are the cat's meow. You it. Don't judge me. I'm trying. You the man. I seen you. I'm picking up what you're laying down. And Gideon said unto him, Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now you got to say it right. Oh, my Lord. No. Oh, my Lord. The Lord just said, you bad. And he said, right. Right. I'm hiding to survive. Who said that? Come here. Come here. Tell him. Just like you just said. What you talking about? He said that I didn't. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all of this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring you up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken you. And delivered us unto the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt Israel from the hand of your enemies. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto them, O my Lord, wherein shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor. I am the least of my father's house. And the rest of the story begets the wonderful 
transformation of Gideon into the mighty man of valor. But there is a million dollar question that leaped out at me and it's found in that 13th verse. If the Lord be with us, why then is all of this befallen us? So I preach to you tonight, if then, why then? Mm. I, I just, I, I hope you feel as bold as I feel. I, I hope you feel as authoritative as I feel here tonight. The devil is a liar. He is the father of lies and the truth is not in him. I want you to put your Bibles down, clear your hands, and I want you to get ready to give God a shout of thunderous praise. Come on, he's worthy tonight. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to stop for me. You do what you feel in the Holy Ghost right now. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. 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 There's a divine loosening here right now. He's come to open the prison doors. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. My, 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 my. Jesus.
come on, this is what he inhabits. This is what he abides in. The praises of his people. This is the atmosphere of an apostolic church. We have prayed, we have fasted, we have sought the Lord. And now the high praises of God fills our mouth, a two-edged sword in our hand. There is no foe in hell or out of hell that can stop a church that has bent their knee in intercessory prayer, stood their ground and weathered the storm but knows when to stand up and give God a shout of praise. You can't stop that church. You can't stop that people. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we condemn. This is our heritage and the servants of the Lord. His righteousness is of us. Hallelujah. We're going to try this. You may be seated. If you want to. This happened last Sunday night. Something was pierced. Something was broken. We went to a new dimension.
I just got one word for you. I don't look like the hell I'm living through. I hope you understand that statement. I serve a glorious, I serve an awesome, I serve an on time, I serve a prayer answering God. No weapon formed against us. No weapon formed against us. I know some of you sitting there and you're saying, come on, tell us what to do. It don't work like that now. You ought to know what to do. For out of you shall flow rivers of living water. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you think or ask according to the power that worketh in you. If some of you sitting down knew what some of us standing up were going through, if you knew what we were facing, if you knew the hell we living through, you'd understand why we're not sitting down with you. you you're just going to have to give us a moment to have a praise break here right now. We are so thankful that the Lord sees us. We are so thankful that God hears us. We are so thankful that His eye is upon the sparrow. We are so thankful that God sees and intercedes for us. We are so thankful that God hears us tonight when we pray. We are so thankful that we've got the attention of heaven. We are so thankful that angels are ascending and descending into this assembly.
Somebody could lift their hands and receive the Holy Ghost right here, right now. Somebody could be miraculously healed right here, right now. Yeah. Yes. We'll try it again. You may be seated. Attention is one of the most powerful forces in the world. Along with food and water, a baby needs the attentive gaze of a human face. The baby's joy, anger, or sorrow is reflected in the face of another. Psychologists speak of this as attunement. It's when the baby realizes it is possible to somehow be connected to or in tune with another human being. The face disappears and the baby tries to figure out how to bring it back. Now this face becomes the mirror through which the child learns whether it is a source of delight or disappointment. A child simply cannot survive without the face, for the face is what tells the baby that it matters. Eric Erickson Hardly has one learned to recognize the familiar face when he becomes also frighteningly aware of the unfamiliar, strange face, the unresponsive face, the adverted face, and the frowning face. And here begins that inexplicable tendency on man's part to feel that he has caused the face to turn away, which happened to turn elsewhere. For there is a difference between turning away and turning elsewhere. Gerald Egan reports a study in which students at a prearranged signal 
switched from sloused, passive, non-eye contact posture to leaning forward and looking attentively at the teacher. He responded dramatically when they reverted at another signal. He reverted to his old monotone after some painful seeking for continued reinforcement. Sometimes I wonder if whole congregations aren't secretly aware of that trick. That's why there are certain faces you look for, certain people that encourage you because they pay attention. Notice that attention is so valuable that we don't give it, we pay it. One of the great miracles in life is that God pays attention to us. God instructed His priests to bless Israel in this way. Number 624, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Number 624, God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. To turn your face is not a casual listening of a preoccupied mind. It is undivided, wholehearted attention. I am fully devoted to being with you. God's face is not just turned to us. It is shining upon us. A face of delight. Like that of a proud parent. Our faces grow radiant only in the presence of those that we love the most, the deepest, and the most sincere. That, my friend, is what we have experienced these last ten minutes or so. The love of Jesus Christ upon those of us that know we didn't deserve it. Hallelujah. The gospel of John, hang on, I'm going to preach just a minute. The gospel of John tells the story of a man that no one paid attention to. The Bible says that he had spent his entire life being ignored. He was simply not worth noticing to most people. To say he was lonely would have been an understatement of the lifetime. He was blind. He was a beggar. Isn't it funny how people want to look the other way when they're faced with somebody different than they are or sicker than they are or more destitute than they are? It's amazing tonight how we have the tendency to look away when we don't want to face reality. And this man had become just another face in the crowd. But that's not how Jesus sees us all. The Bible says that when he moved into the multitude, that he saw Jesus, or he saw the blind man. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. John 9 and 1. How many years had it been since somebody turned his face toward that particular man? But not just glance at him and go on. The Bible indicates that Jesus paused and he locked gazes with him. And he says, what I see, I see beyond the eyelid and the eyeball. What I see goes beyond what men can see. I have the ability to lock my gaze with you and hold you fast. And it doesn't matter to me if you're blind, if you're a halt, if you're withered, or if you're lame. For when I see you, I see you as only I can see you. I know we've already shouted, but hang on just a minute. 
Jesus has the ability to see people that nobody else ever looked at. He saw a tax collector. He saw a woman desperate for healing at the hem of his garment. He saw a widow giving in the offering. He saw children that disciples wanted to usher away from him. He saw people that society had disregarded. But when Jesus locks his gaze on you, it's not just an afterthought. But when he sees you, he really sees you. He was blind. He was blind. He was broke. He was depressed. He was an outcast. He was so depressing. He had no hope. He had no future. He was a beggar. And that was too demanding. He was a product of sin. And that was too disgusting. Ralph Ellison wrote of the pain he felt as an African American in a white society. He said, I am invisible. Simply because people refuse to see me. Someone once asked Mother Teresa what she saw as she walked the streets of Calcutta. She said, I see Jesus in a distressing disguise. John included a detail that tells us how ignored this man had been. For it was after his healing, when he returned to his neighborhood, that they asked, is not this the man who used to sit and beg? He's been begging in the same place for most all of his life. But nobody knew really what he looked like. Because nobody ever really paid attention to him. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt unnoticed? Have you ever felt ignored? Have you ever felt alone? And said silently, if I could just get somebody, if I could just get anybody to notice me, if I could get somebody to lock eyes with me, I'm telling you tonight that the Holy Ghost that fills this house has come with intent. He has come with divine design tonight. And he's not just going to lock eyes with you. He's going to heal you. He's going to save you. He's going to fix you. He's going to bless you. He's going to provide for you. God, God is a God that sees. God is a God that understands. Isaiah 53 and 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. The NCV says he grew up like a small plant before the Lord, like a root growing in dry land. He had no special beauty. There was no form to make you notice him. And there was nothing in his appearance to make you desire him. How about Hagar? The story of Genesis 16. And then at the conclusion of it, Isaiah or Genesis 16, 13. And she called the name of the Lord that spoke unto her. Thou God, thou God, thou God seest me. Hang on to me. After Hagar's disappointing moment, 
after being asked to lead, after being asked to birth a special child, after being kicked out of the house that she grew up in, after being rejected by somebody that said they loved her, she found herself alone in the desert and under a tree. But she cried to the Lord. She had a conversation with God and he found her because he looked at her and she said, your name from now on to me is the God that saw me. All right, I'll try it this way. Psalms 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. How about 1 Peter 3, 12? For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Hear me tonight. Exodus 2, 25. God looked upon the children of Israel the messenger said God saw what was going on with Israel. Second Kings 14, 26. For the Lord saw the bitter suffering of everyone in Israel. How about Job 10, 4? Hast thou eyes of flesh or seest thou as man seeth? Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth not work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth like gold. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Because the Lord seeth us. Are you ready? Job 31, 4. Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? How about 34, 21? For his eyes are upon the ways of man and he seeth all his goings. How about 94, 9 of Psalms? He that planteth the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not hear? In other words, if God made this, he can hear you. If God created that, he can see you. How about 1 Samuel 16, 7? But the Lord saith unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Thank God. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Thank God. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I'll, I'll try it again. Isaiah 66 and 2. For all those things have mine hand made. And all those things have I been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. But to this man will I look. But to this man will I look. Even to him that is a poor and of a contract spirit. And that trembleth at my word. How about Matthew 6, 6? But thou, when thou prayest, enter thou into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Have I convinced you tonight that God sees us? Have I proved it enough that God sees us? I said, does God see you? Does God see you on the mountaintop? Does God see you in the valley? Can God see you when you're high? 
Can God see you in your low? Yes, yes, yes. There's no place you can go that God can't see you. There's no dilemma that God can't find you. He see it all. Then I have a question. Where is he now? Boy, it got quiet. I prove to you that he sees you anywhere, anytime, and any place. Those aren't my words. Those were his words. Buy the tape and watch it again. They are in your Bible. There is not a way man can take that he doth not see us. There's not a place man can crawl into that he does not see you. Are you hearing me? You can be at the bottom of a bottle. You can be at the end of a needle. You can be contemplating suicide. But that don't make God not see you. You can be so depressed you're about to commit suicide. That doesn't mean God doesn't see you. He's Oh yes he does. And then and then when you grasp the revelation that God sees you, when you fully comprehend that there's no place that God cannot see you, that it is not the casual glancing of his eyes or just the casual moving of his eye, that he locks eyes with you, that he notices you. He singles you out. He knows the way that you take. And I pose, I pose a question that all humankind from the beginning of Adam to the last man, whoever he may be, has asked or will ask. If you see me at all times, how come I feel forsaken? You don't have to get quiet. We're not going to be depressed tonight. How come then when I ask you to hear me, it doesn't seem like you hear me? How come when I seek you, it doesn't seem that I can find you? How come when I'm in my crisis and it is a calamity and I can't find my way out that I cannot seemingly find you? And I feel a little bit like Job right now. I look right, I look left, I see you working, I notice what you're doing, but you can't see what I'm doing. And I know that it's really all about you. I get that, but every now and then, I'd just like to know that in my calamity and in my crisis, you see me. Yeah, if you think I'm going to preach you a depressed sermon, you, you better think again. That's the devil's damnable doctrine, not mine. For there is no place, no dilemma, no crisis. There is no sickness, there is no dilemma that God is not present with me. I just, I just need to say this for the devil. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table. You better help me preach right now. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, shout surely, shout surely. Shout surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life.
There is a phrase that we use, and I don't know that we fully understand it, but God is omni. God is omni. He is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. You hear me? Even when you are in your depressed cycle, and it seems like God can't hear you, he is still omnipresent. I know, I know, that's why I, that's why I felt like I had to preach this because there, there's enough of us shouting, but there's not all of us. And this thing's going to go where it needs to go. It's going to take all of us. He is omnipresent. He is all present. He is close to, near to. He is everywhere, all the time. To every man, woman, boy, and girl, there's no place God is not. There's no situation that God is not. He doesn't live in space. He creates space. Okay, okay. Jeremiah 23, 24. Can any hide himself in a secret place that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord. Doth not I feel heaven and earth. Hear me? It's a whole lot easier just to acknowledge when you're in the hospital room and you're hearing what the doctors say. When you're hearing what they say, just to nudge my wife and say, that's what they say. But God is here. Do I understand everything? No. Can I figure it out? No. But I know this. God. God. But who is able? But who is able? You want to let me preach this a few more minutes? But who is able? You got you to gotta ask that. But who is able to build him a house? Seeing the heaven and the heaven of heavens. You got to get it. Who can build him a house? Seeing that the heaven and the heaven of heavens. Singular, singular, plural. All right, I'll be more intellectual. But who is able to build him a house seeing the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain him? It didn't say couldn't hold him. It didn't say couldn't chain him. They could hold him if they could get him all in there. Oh, no, you're going to have to do better than that. It might hold him if they could get him all in there. But when the heaven and the heavens of heavens, I don't even know how many that is. But when all the heavens that these heaven of heaven of heavens is talking about, when they're all present and you put God in there, he's not all in there because wherever I am, he's with me. And where you are, he's with you. That's why you ought to go to work tomorrow and lift your head a little stronger and your step a little higher and say, wherever I am, God is. Wherever I go, God goes. God is ever present. God is ever, God is ever present. Can I preach for you right now? Can I be your preacher for a moment? When I'm having dark days, thou art with me. When I'm having broke days, thou art with me. When I'm having lonely days, thou art with me. When I'm having depressed days, thou art with me. When nothing goes right, thou art with me. 
okay. 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 You've convinced me. So God is with me. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll go the distance with you, Rev. God is with me. So now that God is with me, I need to ask a question. Why then? I'm not afraid to ask it because I know the answer. My boy, my number three son was watching the other night. He said, Dad, he said, you preach real good. He's my greatest hero. Just, just give us a moment here. He said, you preach so good. He said, but you need to learn to do something. I said, what's that, son? Now, this is my 18-year-old, going to be 19, January 12th. He's giving me instructions. I said, what is it, son? He said, when you make that point, you need to drop the mic. And I said, I'll tell you what, son. When I'm able to buy it, I'll drop it. If and I was able to buy it, I would drop it right now. Because if God is with me, then why then is all of this happening to me? Some of you are terrified to ask the question. Some of you are afraid to ask the question. Therefore, you will stay in that consistent, ever-ending rut of perpetual why, 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 why. It's just... Because I contend that God puts us in places. To be able to ask Him why so He can answer us. Why then, God? Because... I am thy healer. See, see, at this point, at this point, I know God's in this. And I haven't preached much about it, and I'm not going to worry you about it, worry you out about it tonight, but I know God's in this. Because when the leading minds of this field call you and admit to a mathematical error, You make too much money to commit mathematical errors. You, you just, the, the, all, those, all those fancy guys flying in from Africa and Canada to treat my son. Come on. You didn't accidentally miscalculate numbers. They were right when you counted them the first time. But the difference is folk like this congregation prayed. And now I know the answer. I'm there because you showed me if God's people will ask him, he will. Don't throw in the towel. Don't call it quits. Don't quit in disgust. Hang on, child of God. Hang on, saint of the king. Hang on, hang on. He's going to answer you. He will answer you. 
Israel. I'm trying to hurry. Israel, you're my people. I love you. But you messed up. And I need to show myself to you in a dimension you don't know me in. So here's what I'm going to allow. Every time you plant a harvest, every time you get ready to reap it, I'm going to let the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Moabites, I'm going to let them assemble. And I'm going to let them come take your harvest. Hang on, God. Let me get this right. We are your people. And you're going to allow? And the Lord just smiles and says, I am. I am. Yeah. Ask me again. Yeah, I am. I'm going to let them. Because I see the end from the beginning. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you in biblical form. For the Lord saith, I'm God. I declare the end of a thing from the beginning of a thing. But what the verse doesn't say is, I disclose the process. He'll never reveal the process. He'll just say, Joseph, you're going to a palace. And Joseph's head swells and he's like, my brothers are going to bow and I'm going to be glorified. And God says, yeah, you are. That's right. And God just simply backs up a moment and says, come on. Okay. Okay. You don't ask. I won't tell you. But I will watch you while you're in the pit. And I will send the right caravan to get you out of the pit (laughs) to where I need you to go. Oh, I hope you're listening. Can you imagine? Whoever they were, you need to to research their name and then find out what their name means. There's a sermon there. Dude, can you imagine somebody looking at that pit saying, he's a scrawny little dude. He ain't worth much. But we'll take him. And God said, yeah, you bet your life you will. Because he doesn't need to be in the pit. He needs to go. They didn't happen by. God sent them. Because God declares the end from. But he will never disclose the process. See, some of you are living the process and you're about to get mad at God and quit. Some of you are angry at the process. You shouted when you got the word. You rejoiced when he spoke it to you. But now you're mad at him. Because you think he forgot you. You think he lied to you. You heard palace and you're living in the pit. You heard palace and you're in prison. Palaces lead to prisons. Prisons lead to palaces. Not because of any other reason than God told you before you ever went to the pit or the prison. You were going to the palace. How many times have you counseled people that says, I don't understand what God's doing in my life. I just, I just can't get, I, I thought you said, I thought God, I, 
If I had more energy, I'd walk out and tap some of you on your forehead and say, I'm preaching to you. You. Look at me like I've lost my mind. You can't fool me right now in this pulpit. Reach up there and do it. I tell you, he's preaching to me. Go ahead. I want to curse God and get mad at God and quit. Throw in the towel and call him cruel and unfair. Huh? What? Where'd your shout go when he said you're headed to the palace? Your brothers are going to bow down and worship you. Where did that all go? God is so good to me. At the first sign of trouble. We're like spoiled brats. That thing, because he said it, it's going to come automatically with no trying or no proving. I don't even want to get on that. But he said, you're going to go. And so, behold, I go forward, but he's not there and backward. But I cannot perceive him. Left him, he doth worship, but I cannot behold him. He holdeth, hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Oh, that I knew where I might. I'll tell you where he is. He's going where you cannot go and doing what you cannot do. Because there are some things and moments in life where in this physical body, I am incapable of going. See, I know where I'm going and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very meticulous and lead you there. But I feel like I got a bomb going off in my chest right now. Not a heart attack, a Holy Ghost explosion. Mm. He said, son, listen to me. I love you enough that there's going to be times you think I've forsaken you. And there's going to be times you don't feel me. But you need to go back to my promises and know that my eyes are always upon you. It's like a mother or father watching their kids. They'll put them somewhere and they can be fully engaged in talking to somebody. But their eyes are always on them. You, you, let, you let somebody get between mama and that baby. And that little sweet petite thing that you think that has no firecracker in her, she will tear your head off. Somebody made the mistake one time at one of my youngins and got between her and that youngin. And they seen a side of Sandra that they didn't know Sandra had. There's just something about somebody that loves something. When you get between it, I'm trying to help you. I really, I'm hungry. I, I want to hurry and get out of here too. But I'm really trying to help you. I want you to know and believe me that God never doesn't see you. He's like, I, I got you, dog. I got you. Stay there. You, you may not see me for a few moments, but I got you. I know it. Angels. Angel, angels. Yeah, him. Watch him. And it seems like that when you get to that moment and you start praying, then God disappears on you. We have the tendency to say, God, you have forsaken, you have lied, you have let me down, and you have not obligated your own self to your own word. Therefore, I can't trust you anymore. And I feel like you have forsaken me. You are not ever present with me. Where did you go? Because there are moments in this kingdom of God that he has to do for us. What we cannot do for ourselves. See, the best example I can give you is when you've prayed all you can pray. 
Somebody ought to be helping me, right? When you've prayed all you can pray, the spirit itself, it just tags you out. Step aside. You're done. Now I'm going to go do what you can't do. I just feel like tagging out tonight. Get in. I need some help. I'm too tired. Come here, purple shirt. Start going in circles like you're walking around a wire. I don't know what, yeah, I guess it's circles. Act like you got a plow. That seems more. There you go. Act like you're tired. There you go. A little depressed. There you go. Well, don't stop. You got seven years. There you go. Now you there it is. There it is. Hey, what's well you're a good actor. I don't know if that's all acting though. <laughs> hey, hey, and the Lord shows up. Angel shows up and says, Hey dude, what's up? Don't stop. He says, Hey, hey, psst. hey. The Lord is with you. You gotta get that picture. been here seven years. I've, pastor said we we're going to have revival last time. We didn't have revival last time. I wish I had energy and time to preach your personal Christ. How many times have you got to walk down here and say, and it didn't happen, and you go home. Tonight the Holy Ghost is saying, you are a mighty man of valor. Could it be the reason Gideon was a mighty man is he didn't stop in the first year. He didn't stop in the second year. He didn't stop after the... Gideon believed God was with him. Gideon knew, yea, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't stop. There's an explosion here right now. My God. Are you Mike? Come here, Mike. Stand up for just a minute. I, I, I need you. Gideon, you, you're the man. And Gideon said, let me get this right. I'm hiding wheat. I'm hiding from my enemy. They have destroyed everything I've worked for for seven consecutive years. And now you show up. And you tell me, I'm a mighty man of valor. <laughs> he said, okay, I'll give it to you. If thou art right. Why then? Here's all of this happened. And I would need to preach you the rest of the story for it to make more sense. But the truth of the matter is, God led Gideon into personal revelations of his majesty. Gideon had the audacity to say, are you really with me? And the Lord said, okay, here we go again. Try me. 
And he put one fleece out. And it, the next day he said, ah, that could be fluke. Let's do. He reversed it. The Lord answered him. Then he even said, gather your army. Go down the water. Nah, there's too many with you. And he whittled him down from 30,000 plus down to was it 300 ultimately. And now he said, now you're ready. He said, see, Gideon, you tried to outfox me again. You wanted more. I wanted less. You want to be able to say, look what we did. And God said, I want to be able to say, look what I did. I, I've, I, I've come to expect phone calls and emails from these doctors to get bad news. Because God wants to show how awesome he is in those things. Because so far, every time I've got bad horrendous news, it's reversed. Okay, I know. That, that don't do for you what it does for me, and I'll give you that. I, I give it to you. It's okay. I, I'll shout when you shout, though. It's okay. It's all right. Every time. He looked at Paul or had Paul write to the church of Rome and he says, For this same reason hath I raised thee up, that I would get glory upon thee. You know what he's talking about? He was talking about Pharaoh. God allowed Pharaoh to rise so he could get, yes. But in order for him to get glory on Pharaoh, he had to send his people into a particular moment. I'm going to prove to you. He is so glorious. He is so awesome. He is so incredibly wise that he knows what it takes to win the battle for me or with me. No, no, no. I got to say it again. He is so incredibly wise that he knows sometimes he's going to win the battle for me or with me. I'm fixing to go there. Sometimes, Pastor, he will say, you need to set this out. And you may feel like I'm not there, but don't ever doubt me. Because I'm just going to go do it for you. Okay, okay. That's what happened to Gideon. And in the 63rd chapter of Isaiah, in the 63rd chapter of Isaiah, the prophet penned the words. Can I read it to you? Who is this that cometh from Edom? With dyed garments from Basra, this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his might or strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save, I am he. Go to the next verse, chapter, verse number two. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? Verse three, I have trodden the wine press alone. Now, in Pentecost, we have a tradition. You have to scream at God's people for them to think you're really preaching. I'm really preaching, but I want you to get this. I have trodden the winepress alone. And of the people, there was none with me. For I will tread them Watch me. I did it for you. But it was my anger. Mercy. 
mercy. He said, do you think I'm the kind of father that would allow bad things to happen to my children and not get mad about it? Even if I allowed it for a season, do you not think it affects me? Just because your earthly father was cruel doesn't mean your heavenly father's cruel. Just because your earthly father damaged you doesn't mean your heavenly father will. For I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury and their blood shall be sprinkled. What you think's grape juice is the blood of your problem. I'll go at a different angle. What you could not do, I went and did. What you couldn't whip, I killed. What you couldn't handle, I defeated. I did it for you and I did it in my anger. You didn't even know the battle was being fought. You accused me of forsaking you. But I just went where you could not go and do what you could not do. Go, go to verse 4. For the day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeem is come. So now watch this. I, I, you, 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 you look at this and it, it appears to be very normal, but, it, but it's not. Edom, Bozrah was the capital city. And whoever this was that was coming from Bozrah or from Edom was coming from the capital or the seat of power. These people had got God's people back in a battle that God's people couldn't get out of. And it was trench warfare. It was a horrendous day. It was a dark day in Israel's life. They had succumbed to the thought that they were finished, that God's church would be annihilated. You, you, you got swagger, right? Now they told me you did. Let me see a little bit. Yeah, I mean, walk like Kobe and LeBron James. Take time. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is, is that swagger? Somebody said, no, they ain't swagger. Anybody, anybody else think they can swagger better? We have a better swag. We shall have a swag off. Come on, I need, I need you're doing good. You're working at it, but you're doing good. Anybody else help me? Somebody ought to be helping me now. Come on, I got a point to prove. I'm getting hungry. You're fired, sit down. Hey, between me and you, we can't jump and we can't swag. Sit down. Hey, swag man. Now, you got to help me. And if you blow my sermon, I built up for. Okay. I want you to go back there in that foyer. And when I go like this, I want you to start coming up that aisle, up that aisle, 
this way, and this way. And I want you to swag like your life depends on it. Because it does. God's people. Come here, brother. You don't have to. Come here. No, no, not you. Come here, guys. God's people had dug trenches in the earth. Come on down here with me. We're in trenches. <laughs> I'm wet, I know. I'm working. My Lord. It ain't a vacation. <laughs> and they were, they were a little depressed. Because they had been at this now for quite some time. And everything they tried failed. And there was a majority starting to say, we're not getting out of this, are we? This don't look good, guys. And they made it through the darkest of the night. And the Bible says that as the sun rose, they looked toward Bozrah, Edom where their enemies were, the capital city of their enemies. See, they thought help would come from behind where they had been. They thought help would come from the right and left, their neighbors. They never perceived help to come from the source of the problem. And all of a sudden, somebody said, I don't know what that is. Now walk slow, swag man. You're going to swag better than that or I'm going to have to fire you too. Somebody said, who in the world is that? Who is that that cometh from Edom? Stay down, guys. His, his garments, Paul's right there. His, his garments look, is that, is that, is that, what in the world is on Guys, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Is that grape juice? Is that what? That's right. I want you. Hey, one translation says he swayed right to left. Hey, when you're bad and you know you're bad, you act like it. And when God got tired of his people living where they were never intended to live... And God said, my moment has come, not yours, mine. My vengeance has come for you. I'll kill everything in my path. I'll fix it all. I can't hear you, apostolics. Here he comes. Slow your road, dog. Slow your road. Swag hard. And they got to saying, who is this? Who in the world would come from there? And then from that vessel come a voice. And he said, it is me. I know that wasn't real powerful. But it really is. He said, did it for you. I know I got blood all over my face. Hang on a minute. But 
I want you to know you couldn't go where I just went. And you thought I forsook you, but I didn't. I did what you couldn't do. I went where you couldn't go. I fought a battle you're incapable of fighting. Come on, Pentecostals. When you think he's left you, he hasn't. He seeth us. But sometimes God goes where you cannot go. Who is this? A warrior. One translator said a conqueror. One man said he was a victorious captain over all. One translation said he swaggered. He swayed. He walked like he did something great. And when his people saw him, they could not identify him until he opened up his mouth. And he said, I know, I know. You thought, you thought I left you. You thought I forsook you, but I'll never do that. All I did was I went where you can't go. I did what you can't do. You see, I know what it took, and you weren't able, but I'm God, and I did it for you. Every time you pray, every time you ask me, I hear you. I see you. I identify with you, and I will put no more on you than you can bear. And if it gets impossible, I'll step in. I'll do what you can't do. I'll I got to quit. I got to quit. But that one verse says, I am mighty, mighty to save. Not able to save. Not capable of saving. But I am mighty to save. There's nothing that can stop me. There's no enemy that can stop me. There's no place where I cannot go. There's no depth I cannot go. There's no height I cannot go. And when you think you hit the impossibility of your life, stop. And know I am God. And that ought to be enough for you. Okay. Two examples and we're going to be done. Eli's the high priest. Called Nine Phineas doing some bad deeds and they take the ark and they take it into battle and it's lost. And when Eli hears about it, he, he dies. And the ark was taken into battle by the people that afflicted God's church more than anybody did. And they worshipped a God called Dagon. Dagon was God's source of contention. And so, what appeared to be a total loss was God going where they couldn't go. I help some of you that don't know the story. They took the ark and they put it in the house that they gone. And their special preacher locked the door. They didn't want anybody to mess with they gone. And when there was nobody in there but God. You know, it's kind of like that when that doctor says, 
There's really no hope. There's really nothing we can do. That's cool. That just means that God's where I can't go and the door has been locked. But come the morning when that old damnable doctrine walked back in there, Dagon wasn't sitting up at his perch. Dagon had fallen before the ark. God did overnight what his people couldn't do in 50 years. I'm telling you, weeping may endure for a season, but joy will come. There's a breaking of a day that will reveal God's intent. This is my personal favorite. Who is that? Well, they call him Jesus. But who's Jesus? Well, they call him Messiah. Messiah? Is he the king of the kings or is he the king of the Jews? Well, some say. But has he declared himself to be? Not, not, not really. This is a conversation going on with Lucifer and all of his chief lieutenants. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you the Bible way. Had the prince of this world knew. <laughs> Is that okay? He would not have. I won't go back to my, my vocabulary. Dude, if they knew who Jesus was. But God was tired of death owning his church. So he looks and says... You can't go where I can go. He just come waltzing into the gates of hell like he owned them. And he looked at Lucifer and said, there was no argument. There was no fight. He just said, and the devil couldn't get rid of those keys fast enough. And the garments that was on him looked like the same Old Testament garments that was on whoever come from Bozer. They thought. But he didn't come where they thought he'd come from. They thought he would come from the throne. But he came out of a borrowed tomb. For he went where I couldn't go. And I don't have the power. I don't have the power. But I know who does. And I'm just going to tag out tonight. And say it's all yours. I can't go there. I can't get it done now. But I trust that you are able.
there? Where's your sting? Grave. Where is thy victory? For that was swallowed. He'll always go where you can't. He'll always do what you can't. But he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. So what do I do when I feel like I can't find him? him and die. He doesn't love you anymore. Curse him and just forget about him. He doesn't care about us. You've lost it all. It's all been taken. But Job had enough insight. And he said, woman, I love you, but sometimes you talk foolish. I may not know where he is. But I still know who he is. And the who trumps the where all the time. And so I'm telling you here tonight, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, however you feel about your crisis, whether you're in the beginning, the middle, or almost to it, wherever you are in your crisis, he seeth you. But sometimes he may put you in the cleft of the rock and cover your face a moment so he can work his magic. And so in those moments, and I can't help but feel directed that there are many of those moments represented here tonight. In those moments, I can curse him and die. I can, I can doubt him. Or I can just say, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Period. Here's what I'd like for you to do. We have altar calls and we, we come up here and we have a lot of times it's the same folk and that's okay. That's okay. A lot of times it's the same folk. But tonight I want the altar to be your aisle. And so that all across this building we have an altar. If you're in your dilemma, 
If you're in your moment and you don't think you know where God is, I just want you to, you don't have to come, but I do want you to step out. Just thank you for coming. Step out. Just step out of coming. It doesn't matter. Just, just step out. Just step out of coming. That's the reason why some of you will never get victory because you don't move when you need to move. You ought to move right then. You ought, immediately you need to step out. You're going to sit there and doubt and question things. You don't have to come. Just step out. There you go. else. We're not going to pray for you tonight. We're not going to come lay hands on you tonight. Not tonight. Tonight we're going to do what Pastor led us in doing. We're all going to do something. We're going to do it in unison. We're going to do it as one voice, one body, one people. Are you ready? You need your miracle. You're ready. You, you, you just... Now, if you get it tonight, it'll be because you did it. And if you don't get it tonight, it's because you didn't do it. Don't blame me. Don't blame this platform. Don't blame leadership. It's your fault. Sink or swim, it's on you now. And at midnight. And at midnight. And at midnight. When it was as dark as it was going to get, there was no hope of deliverance. And at midnight, they sang praises and worshiped the Lord. And while they sang praises, behold, a light shone. And the prison door shook. And behold, the angel of the Lord. You want it? You want it? You want your miracle? You want God to come from Basra? Use your hands, use your voice, use your feet, use your vocal cords, whatever you need to do. Bow in that aisle, intercede for that, whatever you think you need to do. While you're doing it, start looking. He's going to come where you don't expect Him to come from. He'll do what you cannot do. He'll go where you cannot go.
do something here right now. I know I asked you to come. But I think before we started preaching, we, we tapped into a, such a unique, powerful vein of the Spirit. We're just going to go back to that. No music, no drums, no guitar. Somebody needs to get a glimpse of him tonight. You need to see him in the glorious of his apparel. You need a revelation that that's not grape juice on his coat. That that is the blood of your enemy. I need you to hear me. That's the blood of your enemy. He did it. He did it for you. He did it because you couldn't. He did it because you could not go there. You couldn't. He did it for you. That's it. This is what I think is in order here right now for this coming. He did it for you. You need to understand that he does not expect you to fight all the battles. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Who is this traveling in the greatness of his strength? It is I. Go ahead. When you get this revelation... When you get this glimpse of who he is and what he's done for you. Go ahead, that's that unique sound of God's people. I hear some travail, I hear some worship, I hear some praising. I hear some glory and honor. Don't be afraid to open your eyes and look around because he wants you to see him. He wants you to see him. He wants you to identify. It's not grape juice. It's your enemy. I did it. I did it for you. I did it because of you. I did it in spite of you. I got tired of watching him beat on you. I got tired of watching him defeat you. Go ahead. I know this is different. This isn't just noise. This isn't just hand clapping. This is God's people walking into that unique dimension of understanding. He hath gotten me the victory. He hath given me. He had gotten me the victory. He is the victor. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm not asking you just to make noise, but I am asking you to go there right now. I'm asking you to travail. I'm asking you to let heaven know you recognize his incredible, awesome.
Come on. In the back. Come on. In the back. All across. He'll go where you cannot go. He'll do what you cannot do. Come on. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Who is this traveling in the greatness of his strength that is I, mighty, mighty to save? I did it. I did it in my wrath. I did it in my fury. I did it because I loved you. I did it because I got tired of watching you fight this. I got tired of letting you think that I had forsaken you. And there are just going to be some times I'm going to do what you can. I'll go where you can't go. Come on, let's respond to the Holy Ghost right now. If you're not praying for, your, some, for yourself, why don't you take a moment, find somebody nearby, and just pray with them. Come on, the Holy Ghost is obviously still here. There's no reason to have to go through a bunch of pumping up. It, if you're hungry, you'll respond. If you're not, there's nothing we can say or do to get you to respond. But if you could you just take a moment, be led of the Holy Ghost, maybe just somebody nearby you, reach over and touch them and begin to pray with them. Come on, God is still in this place. He hasn't left He's still desiring to do something, but would you respond to that? If you're not praying for yourself, why don't you find a brother or sister and join with them and see what God will do. 
maybe by yourself you're a Paul, but maybe you can find a Silas in here tonight and say, let's join together what we can't do on our own. Maybe we can do together. But can you just respond to the Holy Ghost here? If you need to go, God bless you. If you've got things you've got to do, you can do that. But if you're going to be here, don't get caught up in fellowshipping and let your mind wander. But if you're going to be here, would you take a few moments and just stay connected in the Spirit? Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this place. God's still moving. Oh, would you respond to that just for a few more moments? If you need to go again, God bless you. You, you can go, but if you're going to stay here... Don't just be a spectator, but be a participant. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, that's it. Oh, let the Lord use you to now. Let the Lord use you for a moment. There are people in here he's trying to touch and minister to. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you need to go, would you be respectful and just slip out without making a lot of noise? There's still people that are here right now. Souls are in the balance. Come on, there's still things happening here if you need to go. I understand that, but you would be respectful of those that are still here, that God's still moving and working in. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, come on, we're not going to dismiss this. The, the dismissal is whenever you feel like the Spirit's lifted, just slip on out. But there are people here that God's still working on. Revelation is still coming. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Open our eyes tonight, Holy Ghost. Open our eyes tonight. Let the spirit of revelation open our eyes tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of revelation, open our eyes tonight. Oh, Open our eyes, open our eyes, open our eyes. Hallelujah.